Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set records around the world. And then, as we always do, we break those records. My name is Jody Jenkins. My name is Tony Clement. And we have another barn burner of an episode for you today. I'm thrilled. I think we're going to dive into some federal politics, and I don't want to keep this gentleman waiting. So, Tony, let's blast through our amazing sponsors. Of course, this show is presented by John Mutton and his team at Municipal Solutions. We couldn't do this without them. We couldn't be the number one political podcast in Canada without John Mutton. It's true. We're joined at the hip with John Mutton in terms of success anyway, and we do want to thank Municipal Solutions for being that presenting sponsor. Uh, They are, of course, known for their development services and project management skills, Uh, so development approvals, permit expediting, uh, planning services with municipalities, engineering services, architectural services, Jody, holy smokes, they do so much. If you need a minor variance or you need a land severance, they are for you. And of course, as I mentioned, building permits. Visit municipalsolutions.ca, talk to John Mutton and the gang, and they'll help you out. And then our other sponsors, of course, Chris Moffat Arms at Polytrack, your all-in-one advocacy management platform, folks. So I know we have government relations professionals who listen to our show, and Polytrack offers GR Pros a secure hub to store their advocacy data. This includes stakeholder contact details, engagement reports, key messages. Visit polytrackwithaq.com. Mention and another thing podcast. When you sign up, you receive their white glove onboarding services free, including tutorial and Q&A for your team. So all you GR pros out there, check out polytrackwithaq.com. And then we want to thank Magnify, for sponsoring us as well. The Magnify video widget, of course, it is crisp, clear, secure, video collaboration your way. Embed and customize the Magnify video widget on your own website in minutes, or you can run it from your own browser on the Magnify app. It is easy, it is secure, it is a Canadian solution to video conferencing. So visit magnifywithanI.io, or you can find them on Twitter, magnify underscore IO. And don't forget about our exclusive partnership with looneypolitics.com. Become an annual subscriber. You can do it today after you listen to the show and use the code podcast. You'll get 50% off your yearly subscription to Looney Politics, which gives you access that nobody else has, unless you're a, a subscriber, to articles, videos, and of course, podcasts that you can't hear anywhere else see we do shows that nobody else hears other than those that are subscribing to looney politics and they love them and they love them everybody listens to them and and again we've said this before robert brown or robert woods i think woods or brown i think robert woods um tells us that 90 percent. this is all parties 90 percent of the mps and senators listen to our podcast since we've started on there so that's pretty good yeah, we're happy about that. I'm not saying they love it, but 90% of them listen. <laughs> well, one step at a time, Jody. <laughs> All right, let's get to our guest. I know he has uh, a busy morning ahead, and uh, we want to recognize his time and his commitment. So, Tony, I'm going to let you introduce this gentleman, and then we'll dive right in. Absolutely. Well, this is a real thrill, of course, for And Another Thing podcast to welcome uh, Mr. Keto Maggie, 
to our program. He is the president and CEO of Main Street Public Research. If you're a Politico, you know Main Street and you know the the very accurate and important work that they do. Uh, Main Street has offices in Montreal, Calgary, and Toronto. Uh, Keto is also a commentator on public affairs, and he was the only pollster to predict an NDP government in Alberta when uh, when Notley won, and uh, he also predicted a majority liberal government in 2015 when other pollsters were not doing so. So not a not a bad track record, I'd have to say. So welcome to the program, Keto Maggie. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. <laughs> Are you? Are you happy, Keto? Well, not really, no. <laughs> now these favorite chips I'm passionate about. I'll probably pay for it somewhere down the line. I, I want to get this out of the way. Of course, we got so much to discuss, Keto, but uh, I gotta, I gotta ask, and I'm sure our listeners want to know what your take is on, uh, you know, what what the state of play is up to a, a possible federal election. What's what's going on out there? Yeah, I think, you know, speculation here in Ottawa, where I am, uh, is, you know, we're expecting an election second week of August to for the writ to be issued, say, August 15th for a September 20th election. I I keep hearing those dates. I, I don't I don't think there's anything that's going to stop this election from coming at this point. I mean, all of the all of the numbers, all of the data, all of the you know, all of the activity from this government and from the prime minister is pointing to to the fact that we're going to have an election, um, and and it's one where, you know, it's quite likely that this liberal government is going to get a elected to a majority government. Um, certainly, our numbers point to that. You know, our last month's poll we had a an eleven point lead. Um, seen three or four other major firms sort of confirm that number between about a 10 and a 12 point national lead um, with, you know, with the exception of Leger, who last week released a three point, you know, 33, 30. Um, there is pretty much consensus where, where there really isn't consensus is at the provincial level, which is, you know, depending on which poll you look at, we see different types of races in, in BC, in Ontario, Quebec, and Atlantic is where the biggest divergence. The prairies in Alberta, pretty much everyone has very similar numbers, but the biggest provinces, which have the most seats, obviously that's going to ma- really matter um, on on total seat count because poll numbers don't matter. We, we, we know that from the, you know, the result of the last election, the Conservatives... Uh, uh, won the popular vote by about a percent. You know, uh, just just to plug the the Main Street poll. Main Street was the, I believe, one of only two pollsters that actually showed that that reflected that in the day before the election that the Conservatives were going to win the popular vote. But obviously, it's it's not votes; it's seats that wins um, in Parliament. So, um, it, you know, those are the those are the things that I'm going to be watching is. What is the lead in Ontario? What is the lead in Quebec? What is it in 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 BC? Um, and how close those races are? That's what's going to determine whether this is a majority or minority government. Yeah, no, I tend to agree with you, and I'll, I'll repeat my mantra. I won't go through the whole spiel that I've done on this program in the past. But campaigns campaigns matter, 
I was hoping for the story, Tony. It no, was no. 2005. <laughs> the year was 2005. Yeah, no, I know, I know. But I, I think uh, our listeners remember me uh, recounting that. I don't have to bore Keto with my 2005 versus 2021 stories. But the fact of the matter is campaigns matter. So you're, you're going to be in the field and you're going to be uh, looking at what factors are uh, driving voters one way or the other. What, what do you see as some of the main factors that you're going to be looking at? Yeah, I think it's it's different things in different places. I think you know in in BC, obviously, you know with the with the heat dome and the fires and 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 some of the things that they've had recently. I think climate change. I think um, you know environmental track record is is going to matter. Um, and and even within BC, different things you know are, are going to matter in different parts of of British Columbia. Obviously, the interior. In the lower mainland, it's, you know, housing affordability is continues to be one of the top, top issues in those major urban centers, Vancouver, Toronto, um, less so, I guess, in, in Calgary and, and um, um, you know, and, and other cities. But that housing affordability in Vancouver, still a huge issue. I think under different circumstances, I think that the federal government's position on, on salmon farming and um, th- that new legislation that's coming in um, would have been, had a huge impact. I think it still does in, in a couple of ridings, well, t- at least 15, 20 sort of in the, the that are impacted by that, uh, um, that change. Right. Um, you know, in, in Ontario and Quebec, the rest of the country, it's pandemic performance that we're seeing sort of this, you know, this bump that every incumbent government that we've seen go to the polls um, uh, get, you know, um, if it hadn't been for, for an outbreak in, in, in Newfoundland, um, you know, the Liberals would have gotten a much larger majority um, before that break. And I guess so that's what I'd be, you know, it's, and, and there's a new poll out today showing, again, the same sort of thing that we've been showing for many months. Most Canadians, a majority of Canadians, are very satisfied with the performance. You know, if you're like me, as of today, I am 15 days out from my second dose. I'm I'm considered, quote-unquote, immune. Um, you know, I think when when we're able to go out there and golf and play tennis and and visit family, I had I visited my uncle for the first time in two years recently, and you know those are things that put Canadians in in a good mood, right? And and tends to to be what what people are going to vote on. So and, and they're not going to suffer from uh, you know the accusation that they're just calling an election because it's 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 convenient for them. Yeah, I, I, I think those things do tend to happen for the first couple of days of any election call that, that isn't sort of at, the, you know, at the fixed election date um, mark. I, I'm not sure that those, you know, certainly uh, uh, Blanchette in, in Quebec doesn't have any credibility in, in, in saying anything because he's been saying that he wants an election for over a year. Um, I mean, the other parties are sort of gearing up too. They know this election's coming as much as they can say. Oh, out of war room for months. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, uh, Jagmeet uh, is 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 TikToking like mad right now, and um, <laughs> yeah. 
Sorry, that was not me. Aren't we all? Aren't yeah. we all TikToking? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've got some new moves that I put out there. Yeah, exactly. The uh, no, I, and 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 look, his strategy is working. I mean, you know, you can make fun of it all you want. I've seen people, and I kind of because I'm because I'm old and I'm not cool anymore. Um, but if you look at the, if you look at the under thirty five uh, voters, our polls now for three months in a row have shown an NDP lead. I thought it was, you know, at first kind of more, you know, poll noise, but it's not. And, and you know, I, I speak anecdotally to, you know, people like my son who's 18 and he says, Dad, we don't, you know, Justin Trudeau and, and Aaron O'Toole are completely invisible to me and my friends. The only politician in Canada we know is Jagmeet Singh. And there's got to be some um, progressives who are, who are kind of disappointed and upset with Trudeau and who are willing to say, you know what, I gave I gave this guy two of my votes in two two elections. He hasn't come through on indigenous or environmental or whatever. I'm going to go with Jagmeet this time. Yeah, I think some of that's going to happen. And I think the turnout among the 18 to 34 is going to really matter. Um, you know, there's probably 60 plus seats out there that are, you know, going to be sort of the, the battlegrounds, the bellwethers to look at. Um, a lot of them are in, in Ontario and, and, and Quebec, as you can imagine. Um, I guess I'll be keep, keeping a close eye on, on, you know, sort of the, the those bellwether ridings in 416, the 905. Sorry, guys. Just one of my Sorry. Give me happens. I'll be Welcome to COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Sorry, guys. Jody, oh, no, Jody, our show just got real. I love it. Yeah. Well, it's um, funny, actually. I, I just started a new job because it's kind of a good segue into I just wanted to make this comment that a lot of workplaces now with the advent of virtual meetings, and, and hopefully we're at the tail end of that to a certain degree, but the willingness to understand that parents are home with kids, et cetera, and there's going to be interruptions is is really impressive because a lot of companies they don't get upset whereas before you would have you would have been doing everything to scramble to keep the kids out of the oh, office or so whatever and it's, it's and, nice know, blah, blah blah no it's now it's just it's light man yeah now, keto we are pissed off at you though but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our show is so professional it's totally understandable it's totally understandable i was right in the middle of a of a brilliant uh <laughs> observation there no I, I what i was saying is there, there are bellwether ridings in, in sort of a number of regions so like in the 416 for example i'm going to keep a close eye on davenport davenport to me is the first is the first riding where an ndp surge in in the 416 could happen um oshawa in in the 905 um you know, uh, one or two that I'm looking at in in uh, in Quebec. Um, you know, if if we start seeing those, um, you know, the the, the one where it's more a, a conservative bellwether to me would be like an Oakville, right? Um, probably the 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 first sort of one to sort of start uh, showing conservative strength. If if there is a conservative surge, so different ridings like that, that I'm, you know, and, and, um, so the, those will be the ones that I'm keeping an eye on to see if there's any movement. I mean, if it stays anywhere near where it is now, it's, it's, a, it's going to be a, 
a majority government. But like Tony said, you know, campaigns matter and it's it's true and anything can happen over those 36 days. I, I want to ask uh, one more question uh, before I hand it over to Jody, maybe, but uh, uh, not a question, but an observation, Keto. If you need any advice on Davenport riding, you said it's a key Swifter riding. I was the conservative campaign manager in Davenport riding in the 1988 election. Oh, so wow. I, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we we did not win. I could tell Charles uh, Cachet yeah. was still uh, ruling the room. Uh, strong group of conservatives in there, Tony. <laughs> I'd like to say we were even with Charles Cachet and Davenport until they started counting the ballots, and then yeah. we fell rapidly behind. So <laughs> Until they started counting. Nice. Jody, do you want to hop in here? Yeah, the only thing I was going to say, Keto, just going back to what you said about uh, jug meat and and uh, full disclosure, I am not that old and I am still cool. So I would no. say that, uh, you know, if jug meat, in my opinion, as a conservative, I'm a conservative member, um, but I don't make any apologies for what I think are some shortcomings right now. But I think jug meat as leader of the conservatives, we'd be we'd be blazing a trail to, to victory. Um, I want to talk a little bit about personalities, because do you see Aaron O'Toole? Outside of just the typical conservative messaging, do you see him as a personality catching fire and really energizing people? And and in addition to that, I feel like the conservatives are basically messaging as if are, are saying, look, we're not liberals. And I'm not sure that's enough. I'm just curious your thoughts if you see that at all. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, just full disclosure, I, I know Aaron very well. Um, we served on Rotary out in uh, Durham, in Durham region together uh, for a couple of years and um, you know we're friendly I, I, I wouldn't say we're friends but I've known him a long time um, and uh, I think he's I think he's you know he was I, I, going post leadership when, when in those first couple of weeks I thought his performance I thought he's much more likable than Sheer he's smarter than Sheer um you know, I, I'm not quite sure. And, and, you know, I see some of the videos that, 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 that they put out, like not all of them are great, but I, I like some of the content. I, I just don't think he's been put on the right stage. And, and that's why an election might be just what he needs, um, you know, because the, the, the spotlight's going to be on him. And if he, if he can step up to the, you know, to that performance, on that stage, and I'm not talking just about the debate, I'm talking about the daily stage of an election campaign, um, I think more people will like him. I, uh, You know, it, it's hard for me to imagine him not doing better in an election campaign. I would think he wants one. I would think his team wants one. Um, because right now, he's just not on that stage. The stage right now is... It's the pandemic and the pandemic every single day and how many vaccines are being rolled out. And, you know, there's no oxygen there for, for anybody, certainly not for Aaron O'Toole. Um, in an election campaign, there's, you know, um, there's a bigger stage there for, for Aaron. And I think, he, I think he'll perform okay. It'll be interesting. Uh, you know, there's so many examples in political history in democratic countries where, uh, the the governing party wins the war and then loses the peace uh, in their own backyard. I think of uh, Winston Churchill in 1945. You know the great uh, one of the two great democratic leaders in the world, uh, victorious over Hitler, 
And then they, in 1945, that same year, he's kicked out of office by yeah. Clement Attlee because the, the public says, yeah, we, you won the war, but what do you got for me lately? You know, it's basically that kind of thing. Yeah. So Trudeau, I think that's one of Trudeau's main, main potential weakness. I'm not saying it is a weakness, but it is a potential weakness where people say, yeah, thanks for the vaccine. Really appreciate it. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of worried about the future, though. Yeah, you know, the, the state of the economy, how things bounce. I, I, I think as things begin to open up, I mean, I'm not sure whether I expect to see a big economic boom. Um, but I think a lot of people right now are sort of waiting for, you know, kind of, okay, what is that plan? When when are we going to reopen the borders? Because I want to go to Mexico. Um, like, Okay, maybe Mexico is a bad example right now, but certainly fast forward to November, people are going to want to go, you know, back to their, you know, to Florida, to, to Vegas, to, you know, those destinations. Um, I think some of those questions are going to have to be answered in either now before the election campaign or in the election campaign. Like, what is the plan for um, for the for the full reopening? And, and for inflation and for interest rates and, uh, you know, all these things that are starting to creep into the uh, economic vocabulary. It's going to be interesting to see. Hey, I, I want to broaden it out because we have you for this program. And I, it's not just about what happens in the next two months, in my view. And I, I wanted to ask you, Keto, whether you've been tracking, uh, just for lack of a better term, populism in Canada. Uh, and part of populism is a kind of a diminishing or a or a degrading of trust in institutions. Have you done any foundational work on that at all? No, not really. We don't, I mean, you know, I, I follow the work that, that Frank Graves does on that very closely, and I think it's great. Um, I guess it's just not worth, uh, you know, he does it so well that it's not worth re re uh, copying his work. Yeah, sure. So let me let me ask it another way. Then, is there anything surprising that you're tracking right now in terms of Canadian values or preferences? I mean, I think there's there's a few interesting things out there in terms of how many more people now are saying that they're not that they're not voting for a traditional main, you know, one of the four main political parties whether provincially or federally, um, I think, you know, what's, you know, in, in, in Western Canada, the, the Western alienation, it's probably at its worst, you know, level in my lifetime, uh, probably since I was a little kid, I, uh, you know, I mean, and obviously I haven't been polling that long, but, uh, Compared to numbers that I've seen from polls from back in 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 the '90s and the and the '80s, it's um, it, this is as bad as we've seen it. Um, that's gonna boil over, um, and you know I, I don't know I don't know what happens if you know uh, we hit but we we you know in the last couple of months we. Um, this is provincial politics, but it's relevant to, to, to federal. Is when when we came out and showed that the Wild Rose Independence Party in Alberta, for example, was it was at seventeen percent, and people just went bananas and said this is impossible, it can't be, this must be an outlier, blah blah. blah. A week later, Angus Reid 
has comes out shows them at twenty percent in Alberta. I mean, when you think just eighteen, you know, just pre-pandemic and and that last election, I mean, Jason Kenney seemed absolutely unstoppable, unbeatable, and how things sort of turn on a dime. Um, and for different reasons, you know, like the the pandemic performance has been such a real like, you know, for for political leaders for 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 public policy uh, uh leaders it's it's been such a weird time because you know it's this balancing act between too much restrictions and too little like because you're going to be losing supporters regardless especially for cons- the conservative premiers I, th- I think it's been the biggest challenge right right because you're getting it from both sides yeah like uh, their base is probably less enamored with lockdowns and you know if you're a small business owner or or a freedom lover you know you're not, <laughs> not going to be really excited about more lockdowns so and yet the public uh, you know there's people there's critics on the other side uh, uh, public health critics and others who want more lockdowns so you're you're damned if you do damned if you don't which leads me to the another question then you know Doug Ford in Ontario is is he reelectable or is he done damage to himself or where where does he stand? Yeah, you know, I mean, our last poll had had the PCs back in the lead recently. I mean, there was a period there where you know, and, and we didn't publish anything when post that that you know when when he announced those police measures and other things a couple of months back. This is like more than three months ago now. Um, you know, he was really, that, that did a lot of damage, um, but he's managed to bring it back. And, and you know, I, as we enter, you know, I mean, is it today that we, uh, uh, very soon we enter um, stage level three, I guess, a full yes, scenario uh, in Ontario. Yeah. And so as those things happen, it's just really uh you know, hard to imagine that Doug Ford isn't isn't continuing to gain. You know, we've done some, not full province polls, but different snapshots that we've taken in different regions of Ontario that that tell me that he's continued to to, to increase. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see him get reelected next year. I mean, you know, again, campaigns matter. We're we're just, I guess, ten and a half months away from the 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 election in June. Um, but right, if the election were today, he'd get reelected. Right. So he's he's in a he's in a good position. I guess it helps uh, the Liberal leaders still. I guess in the same position, Del Duke is in the same position as Aaron O'Toole. There isn't much of a platform for opposition leaders in this kind of environment. Uh, you can't even do the barbecue circuit or have massive rallies. Uh, so you know, what do you do as an opposition leader? Right. Yeah. Even more so, I think at the provincial level, uh, opposition leaders have even less um, opportunity to, to get in front of media and to get in front of the the, the general population. Certainly during a pandemic, um, so we'll see. But uh, I, I think both Andrew Horvath and, and Stephen Del Duca have not, you know, have been largely invisible. Not, not uh, nothing of their, you know. It's not that they're, it's their fault. That's just the nature of of the world we live in during a pandemic. One last word on um, maybe Maxime Bernier. Uh, is he going to be a factor or no factor federally? No, he's he's a non-factor at this point. I think, you know, he. Uh, 
there, there is room, I think, in the Canadian landscape and, and especially on the right to sort of have a more, a slightly more populist message um, and, and movement to split the right. Um, certainly here in Ontario, maybe in, you know, in Quebec and, and, and in Western Canada, for sure, Saskatchewan, Alberta, um, uh, and, and BC is just a whole different beast. But I, I, I think Bernier has made sort of the mistake of those of that, that some other, you know, populists make, which is to sort of, you can't, you can't embrace appeal and actively uh, try to get support from the crazy people. Um, you know, if, if your message happens to appeal to crazy people, fine, but, but don't, you know, don't go out there looking for the crazy people. Um, and I think that's what Bernie has done and he's finished. Keto, Maggie, we're going to have to leave it at that. It's been such a pleasure to have you on and another thing podcast. We we've, we've had, uh, uh, at least one other pollster, Greg Lyle, on the program before, so it's it's great it's great to get sort of your insight into these things, uh, not just from politicos, but from uh, from uh, researchers like yourself. So thank you for that. Uh, where can where can people find uh, if you've got products uh, that you want? Mainstreamresearch.ca or just uh, you know my on Twitter, Facebook. We have uh, Main Street Research. Um, Send an email to info at mainstreetresearch.ca if you have any questions, any um, any inquiries. Perfect. I have a I have a poll idea for you, Keto. I just thought of this. Could you do a poll on have you been blocked on Twitter by Mark Garretson? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, sample size large. That's, yes, <laughs> that's funny. I think uh, we could do, we could do one for Michelle Rumpel as well. Yeah. Yes, do yeah, do it. Michelle Rempel and Mark Garrett since like yeah, yeah, exactly. if you've been blocked by either of them, see what the numbers are. That's a yeah. big number. A big number. Shockingly, ninety-five percent of the country has yes. been blocked. Yeah, exactly. No, no, don't come on now. No, no, Jody. Yeah. We have a little bit of a shtick with Garrettson going uh, Oh yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Just so yeah, uh, shockingly, he won't take our calls. But, he uh, won't take our calls. Even so though Jody and he were bouncers together at some nightclub oh, in okay. downtown Kingston. Oh, Kingston. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Keto, uh, great to have you on the program. Yeah, thanks that. for having me, guys. This is a lot of fun. Excellent insights from Keto there. So definitely more things to ponder if you're one of those people that is trying to figure out what could happen in the federal election. That's uh, certainly another view from Main Street and. We'll see. I guess we'll see what happens. Time will tell, right, Tony? Can I just share an anecdote with Keto about Keto? Uh, when I was approaching him for the show, I texted him. Sure. Hey, Keto, I'd love to have you on my podcast. Uh, you know, it's a half an hour show. We'd love to have you on. Yeah, sure. And we went back and forth, uh, you know, on times and dates and so on, as you know, Jody. And at the end of it, he said, great, we're all set up. And he said, we said one more question. Who is this? <laughs> and I said, oh, my gosh, you're so trusting. He didn't recognize my phone number didn't have it in his contacts. And I said, you're so trusting to set up a, a podcast without even knowing who it was. So there you go. You a, say, a it's Max me. Bernier. Max <laughs> Bernier. We want to have you on our Freedom Fighter podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe we should try this more often. Go for, uh, shoot for the stars. You know, I'll, I'll start going through the celebrity list and 
Well, you could, you could. I mean, what we could do is if that seemed to work in that case, I'm not sure it would work all the time, is you send me the contact numbers because I'm, I'm betting the majority of some of the contacts you have would not have my number, mm-hmm. and I'll just randomly text them, hey, do you want to come on our podcast? <laughs> well, there you go. It'll be a whole new a growth industry for and another thing podcast. We're always looking for new ways to connect, Jody. That's right. Um yeah, so I guess that'll do it for this episode. That was a that was a lot of fun, and uh, sure enough, we'll be into a a federal election before you know it. Yes. Again, thanks to uh, Municipal Solutions, presenting sponsor of our program. We uh, certainly appreciate what they do. Also, uh, we value and thank Looney Politics for our exclusive partnership. Again, go there right now because the show's over. You can go over there now. We give you permission. Subscribe for a year. Use the code podcast and you'll get 50% off your subscription, which gives you exclusive access to articles, videos, and of course, podcasts like and another thing. And we also want to thank you once again, our presenting sponsor, Municipal Solutions at municipalsolutions.ca and our lovely other sponsors, uh, Polytrack at polytrack.com. And of course, Magnify, the Magnify video widget at magnify with an I dot I-O. What we should do next time, again, we just keep hammering Garretson, but I did try and call. I called his office, left yeah. a message, and said, you know, have him call me or whatever. I have not received a call. But we should just call him on on the show live one time and just just see what uh, what we can get into for trouble. Lovely. I think this, yes. this, this would be a new... Uh... A new part, of, a facet of our podcast, calling people randomly alive. I will say his staffer, a young gentleman, was was wonderful. Didn't oh. get a name, but was a wonderful man. Lovely. So Always I guess that's perfect balance for what Mark brings to the table. So, Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> See you in seven days, my friend. <laughs> I take care. Bye.